Welcome back to my quarter life crisis, the 20 something podcast. Happy hump day, everybody. Halfway through the week. How once again. <laughs> Seems like these weeks are just flying by. Thank God. <laughs> Wednesday is like when you start to kind of feel like the, okay, we're getting there. You know, like tomorrow's Thursday, which is Friday junior. So like we're practically there, you know? That's why it's hump day. <laughs> True. We really are getting over the hump. How was your week? (laughs) (laughs) How was your week? Pretty much same old, same old this week. Nothing that exciting going on. Lots of work this week. Wedding tings. Once again. (laughs) The the weeks are normal this month, but the weekends, there's something every single weekend. Busy, busy, busy bees. Yeah, nothing out of the usual during the week. We had... Another wedding yesterday, which was fun. Shout out to Chad and Marie. Yeah, it was really nice. The only thing is we had to take our kids and it's just like taking children to stuff like that is just like a whole beast in itself. I'm like, I know like it's so much easier for me for y'all to be elsewhere, but I also know that I need to take you out into the world, you know, and like let you have experiences. But shit, I'm tired. I ended up leaving early because I was like, I got to get these kids out of here. Like, Preston, you can can stay and hang, but I got a GTFO. Well, they also got to go to bed early, so it's like, yeah, I can't stay that long. True. They're both so tired. So, yeah, another wedding checked off the list. Another one in the books. It was super cute. Speaking of weddings, I know Eric was plotting this week, and I know you know things. How do you know? One thing about Eric is he can't shut up. We're two, like, we are two peas in one pod, and this man can't keep a secret. And I'm like, stop talking. He's like, I'm, co-. he's like, I got something cooking. I got something cooking. That was even the caption on one of his B Reels this week. I got something cooking. And it had nothing to do with the picture. <laughs> he just walks around our house. He's like, just so you know, I got something cooking. So he's very excited. He's planning our proposal. And I know he's talked to like everybody around me. So I know he's talked to you. Um, That's all I really know. I'm like, shut up. Don't tell me anything. So is that all he said to you? All I know is that he's talked to you and Natalie. He told you that? Yes. Okay. And I saw him talk to my mom yesterday. <laughs> and I see you two conversing and I'm going to stay over here. Well, my mom gave me that deer in the headlights look. And I'm like, Girl, I already know what's going on. Don't even act like you, like, I'm surprised. Um, It's, like, not a surprise because, like, I know it's going to happen. I don't want to know any of the details of what's going on. Or when. No, I don't want to know when. I don't want to wear. I don't know. I think that that's so normal to, like, be anticipating. Yes. But you can anticipate without, like, stuff being too spoiled for you. 100%. The only specific thing I know is that he booked a photographer because he you know sometimes sometimes people need help with things and i was like here's so he did reach out to taylor's photographer Mm -hmm. she was preoccupied on whatever date he had picked so he reached out to um one of my coworkers, photographers that he used for his engagement because i was like hey remember my friend alejandro he just got engaged a couple months ago and their pictures were really good so i sent him her info and he's like i booked it and i'm like well, I asked him how much it was because he, my friend told me how much his wedding was going to be. And I was like, I just have to ask, like, because his wedding photography was going to be five grand. And I was like, that's expensive. I know. And I was like, um, can you tell me how much she's going to charge you before I like have a heart attack? Because I don't. Just for photography? Yeah. No videography or anything? Mm-mm. That's really expensive. Yeah. So that's why I had to be nosy and ask. But like everything else, I don't care to know about. But it's just exciting knowing things are going on going on yeah and he's just like <laughs> he'll just be looking at his phone and he starts giggling he's like my god <laughs> i'm gonna have to have a talk with that man he's not gonna tell me what the Get plan is shit together he's just so excited i know and but it- if he's that antsy already when it does happen like you gotta chill like that day you know i think he'll be able to do that but right now he just can't shut up because it's like he actually has some plan in place idk so I'm not telling you shit. I don't want to know shit. That's the good thing about me. I'm not going to pry. I'm not going to look. No snooping from me, honey bun. But just now, ladies, the ring is coming. Something's cooking. Something's cooking. God. That's our title. Something's cooking. God. (laughs) So that was the positive side of my week. Little did I know the week I was about to endure 
Um, I can't really get into the nitty gritty of it at all because it's all work related. I know you had a rough one. But I got hit with a shit storm at work this week. Really rough. A brief synopsis is the mortgage industry is in the shitter right now. Interest rates are damn near the 8%. They started at the 3% at the beginning of this year. So with inflation, it's just horrible. Other companies are completely shutting down. We're not shutting down, but it's just, it's a really rough time right now to be in the mortgage industry. So I was dealing with that this week. Tying this back to our book club that's actually coming out this Friday, our first episode. There was a very pertinent quote in the book that summarized how I felt this week, and I wanted to share it with you. Please share with the class. So this is a, she's basically talking about snow globes, and she says, I like them because they reminded me of life, how sometimes it feels like someone is shaking the world around you and things are flying at you from every direction. But if you wait long enough, everything will start to calm. I like that feeling of knowing that the storm inside always eventually settles. So I was like, damn, that feels like my life right now. It feels like I'm in a motherfucking snow globe and I just got shook. Retweet. It's like the snowflakes are swirling around me like crazy. And I'm just like bobbing and weaving. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bobbing and weaving trying to survive. Can't get me. It's fight night and I'm trying to be the winner here. It's fight night. I agree with that. I I really try not to like come on here every week and be like, I'm sick and my mental health sucks. But low key... That's the truth of it. So relatable. I'm surviving out here. So yeah, I made it through the week. You want to hear something really cute that has nothing to do with anything that you just said at all, but like it's really cute. Yes, let me hear it. Finn this week has been saying thank you <laughs> so much, and it's the cutest shit ever. Do you have a video? Mm, no, I don't. But he just like picked it up. And he uses it at, like, the appropriate times. Like, I'll hand him something, and he's like, thank you. And it's so cute. And he does it all the time. Like, I'll get him in his chair, like, for lunch. And then, like, I'll set his plate down or, like, give him his water. And he's like, thank you. It's just so Please get a video cute. and post it on the on our pod Instagram. Okay, I'll, I'll need to. Because he's just been, like, giving them out for free. I was like, we love a man with manners. And then today he was saying please. He was signing please to me. And we've been working on it, but I hadn't seen him like actually pick it up. And I was I was eating pup- the puppy chow that I made today. And he was asking for some. And I was like, how am I supposed to tell you no when you're saying please and thank you? What a gentleman. I know. It was, it's so fucking cute. So yeah, that's like the highlight of my week. Personally for me, I'll never get tired of seeing videos of your children. So like, just feel free to just send every cute video ever because it doesn't annoy me at all. Makes my day. Okay, but I have a lot. I just, a lot of the times I just like record them like just to see what happens. And sometimes you get gold. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Remember when Emery used to talk in her little British accent? Oh my God. (laughs) Mummy. So funny. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah, when she was what, like maybe like right when she turned two or mm-hmm. so. And I kind of understand it because like some kids watch Peppa. Like I would pick up on that. She's never watched Peppa or like anything with an accent. The only thing that she watches with an accent is Bluey, but that was pre Bluey. That was pre Bluey, yeah. And but that's Australian too. But yeah, she'd be like, Mummy. She'd be like, Thank you, Mummy. <laughs> so funny. Daddy. Maybe she saw Peppa when she was, like, with her cousins or something. I don't know. Like, where do you just hear it? Because you don't listen to any British YouTubers, do you? Dude, it's crazy. Well, well, no, I don't. But it's just crazy. Like, there's some days where I'm like, how do you know this? Like, I was looking at something on my computer the other day. I think I was, like, looking for shoes for them or something. And she was standing next to me, and there were, like, these Paw Patrol slippers. She's never watched Paw Patrol, like, a day in her life. And the only other, like, TV that she would be around would be with her cousins. And they're older than her. I don't think they're watching Paw Patrol. Like, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. So Mm. I don't think she's ever actually been exposed to Paw Patrol. But we saw these Paw Patrol slippers online, and she's like, Mommy, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. And I'm like maybe school or at your mom i literally asked her i was like do you watch paw patrol at school and she was like no (laughs) (laughs) like okay well enlighten me how you know about this girly (laughs) so i don't know and sometimes she'll just like she just like says shit and i'm like where did you hear that how do you know this like she's so smart and she like uses it for evil (laughs) a lot of the time (laughs) but yeah i don't know 
Paw Patrol. <laughs> so I had an idea this week, and this might say something about my character. <laughs> <laughs> I told you last week I'm um, a little pessimistic, glass half empty. So a few months ago, I just decided to like make a list in my notes app on my phone. I'm just like things that are my pet peeves. Like I just wanted to write them down. <laughs> so that might say more about me than anything. But I just thought that I would read some to you today and kind of like get your take on them. I'm worried these are going to like describe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> my podcast co-host. <laughs> okay. So my first one is after like high school, like in college. Like when people post like their first day pictures and they're like, first day of 13th grade, first day of 15th grade. And they just like keep adding on from grade 12. That's retrospectively, right? Because I'm sure you would have done that shit. I don't think that I did. Mm, I bet I can find something in the Snapchat memes. Check the receipts. I could. It's possible. And even if I did do it, I'm saying now, I'm just like. Here's the thing. <laughs> Hindsight cringe is 2020. Because now I look back and I'm like, what did we think we were doing with the dog filter on Snapchat? <laughs> like, yeah. why did it rent live rent free on my Instagram, my Snapchat story? I do remember freshman year, like as soon as we became freshmen, I was like, we're so fresh, man. That's horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> so, but that's just me. I'm just like, whenever I see <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Iggy Next one Girls who like exclusively Like only take a picture With their mans Significant other whoever When they literally will only take a picture with them With their hand on the on man's chest oh. No on the man's chest Like they're standing next to each other yeah. And the girl has her like her hand on his yeah, chest yeah. But like they only take pictures like that like every single picture of this couple is that exact same stance you gotta switch up the poses my girl it's gonna make your feet look better miss mama i don't know who this is but i think it bothers me because it's like it seems like a really territorial pose to me would you agree i never thought about it like that way i'm just like we get it like y'all are together we know i don't know maybe it's just how it comes off to me are they not like posing that way maybe to angle their body and like hide part of their body? I'm sure it is. I, we all like to stand a certain way in photos, you know, because it hides our insecurities or like we think we look better this way. And if you like, let me just say, if you do any of this stuff, if you like any of this stuff, I'm just a fucking hater. Okay, like you don't have to take what I'm saying as gospel or like think that I don't like you as a person or whatever. I'm literally just a hater. Okay, I just had to look through my Instagram to make sure. <laughs> I don't have a single photo like that, so this one's not about me. For Listen, once. if there's a few, sure. Me and Preston have a picture like that with my hand on his chest. I'm not saying never, but I'm saying every single photo. I'm like, girly, we get it. <laughs> okay, wow. Tell us how you really feel. Jeez. My third one is charm bracelets. Hate them. What does that even mean? Like, okay, okay. <laughs> just one girl. <laughs> I wish you could see my arm just like. Like adults that wear them? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I feel like that's really very niche. Like, six-year-old mom, like, G-Mob, charm bracelet, cross on her wrist, charm bracelet. Kaylin, Braylin, and McKaylin's mom. I don't know. I mean, do people wear charm bracelets? Uh-huh. Wow. I don't see that in my life. Ugh. You know who's, you know who's always wearing charm bracelets? Bank tellers. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Addison, you sound crazy. Tell me I couldn't go to the bank right now and see a bitch wearing a charm bracelet. I'm going to go and see. And once <laughs> once again, I have a brace. I have a forever bracelet on my arm now. If I were to add a few for my family or whatever, that wouldn't bother me. But it's these bitches with like Alex and Ani bracelets. Like you can hear them coming from a mile away. You don't agree? <laughs> It's just like, who wakes up and thinks that piece of jewelry? You know what needs to go on the list? It's like, what? I've never thought of this shit. Okay, the next one's like, I think maybe like one of my biggest ones. When people don't wait for the cashier to like call them up in line. Like, so say you're in the line to check out and the cashier is done with the person in front of you. 
and like you would just like immediately go up to them you know while they're like putting hangers away or like clearing off their space or whatever and you just like as soon as the other customer is gone you like run up to the line i just think it's so rude (laughs) why i think it's more efficient no because having worked in retail Sometimes you need that second to like clear your space, especially like I said, retail, get hangers out of the way, put back stuff that like the customer didn't want. So now like you have to find a place to put this stuff. I think it's just like so much more respectful to people that work in like customer service to just like give them a second, like and especially like say they had like a really rude person in front of you, like it'd be giving them a second to like catch their breath or like recompose themselves i just remember there were so many times where i was like i like i just wish you would have waited and like if you would have given me 30 seconds like i would have called you up i don't know i always wait like picture like where is somewhere that you have to wait like say we're at like sephora or like ulta or something you know like you kind of wait yeah i would i I will always wait until they're like ma'am i can get you down here i would never just like automatically walk up as a customer leaves this is what i'm envisioning when you're saying this a TJ Maxx on a Saturday afternoon when there's about 45 people in line and they've got like six people on the cash register. Mm-hmm. You don't start walking towards the cash register when the person's walking away? No. No. I don't agree. <laughs> I mean, like, I just stand there and wait, but like. I just will always, always wait in a situation like that to give them a second. And then when they're ready for me, they'll let me know. I just don't want to ever be the oblivious ass person who's standing there and everybody's like, they're waiting on you. So I'm like, oh. that, no, that's different. Well, I'm just like overcompensating. And so I'm just there. And I'm like, whenever you're ready, I'm here. Like, I don't start putting my shit there, but I'm standing there. I'm like, I'm ready. That's kind of what I'm saying. But I do it like in line. Like, I'm here and I'm ready. You let me know when you're ready for me. You can call me up and then I'll come. I just remember, like I said, I remember working in customer service and I was like, I just wish like you'd give me like a fucking beat, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I worked at In-N-Out, so I'd be like, bang, bang, bang. I think it's different with food, though, because I mean, that is like a continuous line. Like that is like a production line that doesn't stop. And like food, food especially, you have to get stuff done in a timely manner. I think that's totally different. Hmm. Agree to disagree on that one. Okay, girly. Okay, this is my next and last one as of now. On TikTok, when an influencer is like, I'm running late to my sister's wedding and I have 30 minutes, so let's do a get ready with me. All of these get ready with me's are these bitches running late to important events, so why are you wasting your time filming a TikTok? I feel like it's fake. I feel like I'm not getting the real stuff. You don't think that? It's just not a pet peeve. I just like, okay, I mean math ain't mathing on this one but no it's just annoying to me because i'm like you're lying and you're doing this for views i have one pet peeve and that's it right now that i can think of <laughs> and it's just when people post this check or they're uh, be real 17 hours late and then they're like coincidentally at something like cool and i'm like mm. doesn't seem very real of you like you could just not post <laughs> or like you know if it goes off at 5 30 p.m there's no reason you should be missing that shit and posting the next day when you're like all dolled up so that's my thoughts on that i'll give you that i'm trying to think like be real literally went off when i was peeing the other day and i was like i can position this to where you know what i'm doing but like you don't gotta see the bits you know i was pretty real it's just like defeating the purpose of being real so straight up like if if you do this it's like not a subtweet but it's just kind of like if the shoe fits you know <laughs> if the shoe fits it could be you i don't think i've ever pet peeves in this life well i'm gonna keep adding to my list because like i said i'm a hating ass bitch so i'll probably have more to add by tomorrow one final pet peeve i can think of for myself this is work related but it's like life in general is sometimes my employees love to do this thing where they ask me the same question and they just reword it slightly different in the same day. And I'm like, no. I'm like, we just had this conversation like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Like, really? And I'm like, uh-huh. you just rephrased it. Like, are you hoping for a different answer? Like, I'm, I remember the conversation. So re-asking the same question will grind my motherfucking gears. These were like my general like my general life pet peeves because like you know my all-time number one is hearing people eat or drink like i literally actually have 
misophonia. That's like your mental disorder. 100%. <laughs> I wouldn't even think that's a pet peeve. I think that's like a psychological... A sickness. <laughs> yeah, like it's so far past just like a pet peeve. Bro, if we're at the movies and like, it's literally oh, like, you know how you say like you got a good sniffer? I think I have good ears because I can hear people three rows over chomping on their popcorn and it fills me with a rage that I literally cannot even describe and then I can't focus on the movie. Couldn't be me. I think I just learn how to tune shit out. Like I just don't hear it. If we're at dinner and like the person next to us is like chomping on their chips. No, I'm mm -mm. just so into my own food. I'm not even thinking about nobody else. I'd like to. Sounds nice. Yeah, I think you're you're the lone wolf on this one. It's a real thing. Other people have it. I just oh, don't I happen know. to know anybody in my personal life. If anybody, Besides my mom. My mom's the same way. Oh, hell. You're saying Via's going to have the same issue? Shit, man. She'll be chomping on apples. And I'm literally trying to teach her already. I'm like, Via, baby, you have to chew with your mouth closed. Because she'll be like, on some apples. And I literally will like show her. I can't do it. <laughs> she had these like Sour Patch Kids yesterday. She's like, <gasps> damn near kill me i have to be so conscious of my body when i'm around addison i'm like let me turn my head away when i sip i'm like it sucks because it literally like fills me with anger and but like i know it in my head that it's an irrational thing so it sucks i feel like preston probably needs to join a support group <laughs> for dealing with this. for multiple reasons <laughs> Like, Preston, are you okay? Like, can you even... Y'all can't even eat in the same room, can you? Preston, blink twice if you're okay. <laughs> Thanks. Any hoosers? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, well, update from last week. The Try Guys stuff has continued. Did you listen to the podcast? I listened to the first, like, 30 minutes of it. So they finally came out with their podcast since all the tea, all the drama happened. I thought it was so good. I think they did such a good job of, like, actually addressing the situation while still, like, being in the confines of what they could talk about legally. Because, you know, like, once you talk about stuff like that, if you really go into the depths of it, you're opening yourself up for defamation. So they really have to be careful about what they say. But you can genuinely tell like their feelings that they're like so angry and hurt and like all this stuff but they just I think they just did such a good job of like talking about it as much as they could and it was a full podcast episode so there was like a whole hour of them like actually addressing it and like what they've been going through and that and in that podcast they kind of said like they were done talking about it for now but then SNL this past week like did a skit about them which I think the skit, like talking about it in general is fine because it is relevant news, you know, like it is stuff that's going on and it's like really big right now. But the skit was not it. You need to watch it. They like really, really downplayed the like sexual misconduct of it all. And like in the like, because they were like making fun of them. And um, they were like making fun of the Try Guys like initial YouTube video statement. They were saying like, we're just so upset because Ned kissed another woman and didn't tell us. And it was just like, y'all are totally missing the mark here that like, that's just stupid. At the end of the day, like you cannot have a consensual workplace relationship when you're the boss and you're having a relationship with somebody that is your subordinate. Like that's not a thing. Even if you think it's consensual, like it's not because of the power dynamics there. That doesn't make it consensual. I'm just going to leave it at that. Like, that's just the facts of it. And so the, the SNL skit just like really, really downplayed, again, like the sexual misconduct. And it was like super distasteful towards Ariel, like Ned's wife. Like, it was just not it at all. And everybody is just like, like, this says so much more about like your work culture than like anything else, because if this is what you think. But then Keith's wife, Becky, tweeted, anyone remember the tripod? They're their podcast anyone remember the tripod episode where he talks about his yale friend who writes for snl asking for a friend and so everyone now was like oh wait so there's this one um podcast episode where ned talks about one of his friends from yale is a writer on snl so everyone's like really convenient that this snl skit ned comes across as like the victim here 
or like downplaying the whole situation totally like what a coink and ink and then just this is just kind of like a side note in that same episode of that podcast alexandria which is the employee the mm-hmm. insurance i guess she's talking about how they went to an snl taping that night and it was when um post malone was on and so they went to like an after party and she was like talking to post malone and they somehow them going to like a strip club got brought up after the party and this is when post malone's partner was pregnant mm-hmm. and he was like no nah, like they'll be mad if i go to a strip club i can't like i gotta go after this and she was like trying to convince him to like go against like his partner's wishes and like join them at the strip club and it people are just like hmm, like the fuck this little clip that like really nobody thought of at the time maybe says a lot more now that we have more information um so yeah it's just really convenient that this skit like is just kind of really fucked up and like he has a, f- a writer friend at snl snl you're on the wrong side of history right here yeah right? yeah what are you doing and one of the comments that i saw about it somebody was like finally a company you know like does something right where like a male is out of line and his male friends co-workers peers handle the situation correctly you know they did the investigation they know like the position that they were put in was so messed up because this is one of their best friends and co-workers that they've built a relationship with for eight years like imagine how tough of a position that they were in but they knew that he did wrong and like put so much in jeopardy and like they could even recognize even though this is my friend this is not a consensual relationship and like we have to take care of our employees and so somebody was like finally a company handles shit like this correctly and like they're just getting shit on like every which way and it just sucks like finally a man is like reprimanded and like faces consequences for his actions like that and like they're just getting a hard time like every time they turn around is it just like media that's being negative about it? Because I thought people were like, you know, normal viewers were supportive of kind of what they did. No, definitely the main consensus and like the majority of the audience like completely understands. There just are like a small amount of people that are like, you're going to give up your friendship because this guy cheated on his wife. And it's like, y'all are so missing the point here. His actions were wrong. He jeopardized everybody else's careers livelihoods all of their employees that they support as well it's not just the four of them they have a whole company exactly he put everything in jeopardy for them because now they're having to figure out do people even want to still watch us it breaks the trust with them but it also breaks the trust with their viewers because it makes the viewers think that everything was a lie Mm -hmm. how do you continue a relationship when somebody betrays you like so deeply And yeah, he also betrayed his wife and his children at the end of the day. But like, it is such a bigger picture. It would still be really messed up if it wasn't one of their employees. But the fact that it was one of their employees makes this situation so much messier. Mm -hmm. One tweet that I literally just saw right now kind of explains the SNL skit. The Try Guys SNL skit tonight really felt like it was minimizing what Ned did while mocking those just trying to pick up the pieces. Was this affair non-consensual? No, worse. He committed the heinous act of having a consensual kiss and not telling us his friends. So they're just like completely minimizing the situation and again, like giving a pass to like sexual misconduct. And we know it's not just a kiss. They said it was a relationship. He Even his statement said consensual relationship in quotes. You don't call just like a hookup a relationship. You would say like an incident. So it's like, no, this was probably months and months of them, you know, going back and forth. So it's not like they just fell and kissed each other. Exactly. So... I don't know. I just really feel for them. I know they're just trying to like that tweet said, like pick up the pieces and move on and everything that they have done, like as far as we obviously don't have the full entire picture, but like everything that they've done has been exactly how it should have been. And they're like handling this with the public as best as they can. And I think in such a great way. And it just like really sucks to see them be shat on like that. There's always going to be people on the wrong side of history. So that's the unfortunate truth. Mm hmm. Other unfortunate news (laughs) that we probably all saw coming. Tom Brady and Giselle appear to be filing for divorce. Like it's like the one thing people can't stop talking about this week. And it's it appears as though a big portion of their relationship contention is the fact that he, quote, retired and then like was like, JK, JK, no, I'm not. 
And I think it just kind of shows his character a little bit, how I would assume everything's got to be about him. And again, it's just like the audacity of men. Yeah. Fuck. And now, I mean, he's not having the best season. So I think his relationship uh, tribbles are playing out on the field. Shit, if you were going to go through all of this, like it should have at least been like a Super Bowl year. If you were going to literally like put your marriage in the shitter for football like jeopardize your marriage he could have just stopped while he was ahead i don't know i mean if you see it just like looking at him if you look at the close-ups of him in the games he is not looking well no preston literally today their game already happened and preston literally said he looks sickly yeah he does not look good you can just tell like mentally he's going through it and it's like well at some point like you have to put your family and your wife first and Maybe it really was time for you to hang up your hat and like move on with your life and close that chapter. But sure seems like it wasn't good enough for him. He wanted to be the center of attention uh, for another season. So I saw like I literally have just seen people talking about it everywhere. I saw someone today say something like that Giselle pretty much gave up her career for him, like in the height of her career to follow him and kind of like let him do his football thing. And, you know, she kind of takes care of everything else while he's out being like the football goat. And she was a model, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was like a big supermodel. And I, I, obviously, I don't know this for a fact, but that's what they said. Like she quit modeling like in the height of her career for her family to kind of like let him do his thing you know saying okay we'll do this for a few years you know however long it's going to be and then eventually you're going to quit and it's going to be family time i can only i can only imagine the rage so i was curious how old the children are of tom brady because you're like well i wonder like how old these kids are so he has one kid with somebody else. I forget her name. Let me see. She plays Natasha in Sex in the City. So Tom Brady's firstborn son is Jack. He was born in 25 or no, sorry, 2007. So he's 15. Do, 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 do. Next up is Benjamin. He was born in 2009. So he's 13. Vivian Lake was born in 2012. So she's 10. Anywho, either way. Those kids are all like in their prime childhood where it's like, like this really is, formative years. Yeah, this is not the point of your childhood where you don't remember things. Like right. you're 12, 13, whatever, you're playing sports at junior high and middle school and like you're having all these different events, like meet the teacher, you know, all that stuff. I don't care if you go to private school. This is the time where you have things where it's important to have your family there, your parents to show support. And I can imagine when it's all about your dad and all about him being the football star, he doesn't have time to show up to these events for the kids. And it's probably only just Giselle. And that's probably wearing down on her mentally because her kids need their dad. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine that plays a big part in this. Well, and like he uprooted them from mm -hmm. New, New England, England and now they to live in Florida. Florida. Yeah. I mean, so that's, I mean, a whole life shift there as it is. But man, I can literally only imagine the rage because like like that's a decision you know what i mean like that's not just like a i'm gonna go back and play football like that is a family decision that they had like for him to quit an understanding that they came to and then for him to go back on that i think we can all assume that he did not have her blessing and that he did it anyways and like that's a huge fucking stab in the back because football season really is they Six only have months. a couple of the months where they're not actively practicing and doing things. So they have a couple months off. But besides that, like, they have practice. So say they go out of town for a game. The team travels on, like, a Wednesday or Thursday. Thursday, they're there doing press interviews with whatever media is doing. So, like, say NBC is doing the game on Sunday. Thursday, they're actually meeting with the media, doing the interviews, going back and forth. They're practicing. So they're out of town, like, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. So they're home two days a week, but they're still doing stuff for, you know, their job. So right. it's not like – and they have, like, what, maybe one or two bye weeks? And then a lot of, like, the training stuff isn't necessarily where the team practices, too. So their little training camp's not really going to be next door. So majority of the year, you're kind of just, like, shut out of luck. You, like, don't get to see your partner. And she can't just kind of uproot her kids. She has to be there for them to be in school. To be so, the one to hold it down. Yeah. I saw something. Someone was like, I'm never going to get married because then, like, my wives are out here not letting their husbands play football or, like, women are just, like, so controlling. I'm like, once again, you're missing the mark. 
And doesn't Tom Brady, now he probably doesn't think this, but it's honestly time to close the chapter. Like, let some other quarterbacks, like, win some Super Bowls. Haven't you done enough? Like, just let it live. You're saying your marriage is worth this season? What is this extra season of football? What is this going to do for you? He must have some... Complex. (laughs) Complex, like an addiction to it. Yeah. I think he's addicted to the fame and being, like... The GOAT. The best. Having that title, for sure. And having to step out of that spotlight would just be too much. But the thing is, he could just go into, like, being an announcer. And that would still be a lot less time-consuming. You're still making money. You're still a part of the football world. You're still getting all the attention, Mm -hmm. Miss Drama. Yeah, I think he's an attention whore now that you say it. I think so. Like, come on. That's the logical step. Like... You retire and you become an announcer, just like a lot of other goats. I just can't imagine, like you said, he's not having like the best season. So it's like, is this all worth it, bro? Mm-mm. Yikes. When you have like that much, I can imagine like how much anger is there right now. That leads to like a nasty ass divorce. And I, it's not going to be good. Their family life has to be suffering from all of this because when there's that much tension, between the parents there's no way the kids don't feel it and they you know they have to be also saying like we miss our dad like where's dad they have to feel betrayed too they probably understand at some point like he's doing a job and he's trying to provide but at a certain point you have enough money you have you have enough success it's time to put it up but i don't I really truly don't feel like he is putting his family's best interest because he's not thinking about the effects of like what his children are truly going to go through with a divorce. Like, cool, you think it's all rainbows and butterflies, like you're just going to get to keep playing football and you don't have a wife telling you what to do. But it's like, do you realize like no holiday will ever be the same for you and your family? Mm -hmm. Like you're never going to have Christmas with your entire family. You're going to have to split holidays. You have to alternate weekends like the whole. So my parents got divorced when I was in seventh grade. So 13 years old and it's divorce. It's whatever you get. You get over it. But the things that were special, it just it's never the same again, like birthdays. You never get to wake up and be in the same house as both of your parents on your birthday. And it's like, they don't think about that, but it's like, it's never the same. Like, I have to go do a birthday dinner with my dad, and then I have to do one with my mom. And then it's like, do both of my parents like each other this year? Can they both go to my birthday party? Like, can they coexist? Totally. And then it's like, well, I need to plan Thanksgiving. And it's like, well, now I have my mom and my dad. And it's it's just fucked up. And they don't, yep. they're not thinking about that because it's truly... I think that's the worst part of it, honestly, when your parents are divorced as a kid. Holidays are never the same. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, my parents, like my mom and my biological dad divorced like when I was really young, like less than a year old. Like they at least started their divorce that young. Like I didn't really have to deal with all of that. But then like once my mom and Greg, my the person that I actually call my dad once they split, like, I don't know, like, I was still, like, kind of young. I think I was maybe, like, 10 or so when they split, but still, like, even at 10 years old, like, I could feel, is this awkward if y'all are around each other? Or, like, even we went to, we went to his house for Finn's birthday this past year. Like, we just kind of spent some time out there, and I was like, is it weird, like, if we invite everybody? Like, dynamics? They're just never going to be the same and it will literally like affect your family for the rest of your life. Yep. The I forgot about having to go back and forth between my parents' houses because block it out of my memory. (laughs) It seems like it's not a big deal. But when so like my parents, when I was growing up, when once they were divorced, they were only a couple miles from each other. But it was such a hassle because it's like. I would be at one person's house for like six days. Then I'd have to pack up everything I fucking owned. I didn't have two sets of makeup, like a right. curling iron at right. both houses, like my two, like everything. You're and like it, partially moving like every week. Literally. And then it, it was just insane. And then it's like, what clothes am I going to need? And then I would be at the other parent's house and it's like, I don't have this. I got to go back to this. It was just, it seems so like minute. But it really is like 
such a pain in the ass. And that was one of the best things about going to college was that the whole back and forth bullshit was over. And like, I did not have to have all of my belongings split up in two places because yeah. it was so irritating. And then I'd be like, I don't know where this thing is. And I'm like, well, is it there? Is it there? I couldn't keep my head on straight. My freaking Nissan Altima will be filled to the brim with me and my sister's shit every Sunday when we were flipping houses. It's insane. Yikes. There was a photo of me. I think Natalie took it when I was in like... I've been picked... This whole conversation, I've been picturing the one. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like life with divorced parents. It's like me carrying all this shit, me carrying my cran apple juice in one hand and my laptop. And it's just like... <laughs> like i'm not gonna leave my juice here i'm not gonna be here for another week like i'm taking this with me but yeah divorce people with divorced parents y'all know the drill like well even as like an adult like it still doesn't end like trying to find time on holidays like okay are we gonna do like christmas eve here and then christmas day here or are we all gonna do it in one place and then like we have to do like one dinner here another dinner here but now i'm starving by the time i get to this art i'm full as hell by the time i get to the second dinner Oh my God, when you have divorced parents and then your step siblings also have divorced parents and you have partners, planning when we're going to celebrate Christmas or Thanksgiving is such a nightmare because it's like, well, no, I have my mom's Christmas breakfast on that day. It's just right. Adding a partner into the mix during holidays like already adds enough. But then when you have multiple sets of parents, like shit. Mm hmm. Especially if your partner has parents that are split up too. My God. It's like Tetris. It literally is. And thank God, like, I'm at a place now where I'm like at peace with it all. But that was like, for a while, that was the hardest thing I had ever gone through. Like, it took me years to get over that and actually have like a decent relationship with my parents after that because. Were you like angry? It wasn't necessarily anger. It was just like, it felt it felt like my whole life was shaken up and it's like I'm no longer getting to live the life that I grew up with. I don't think I was ever angry. I was more just like frustrated and I was just like, I don't understand why. And the thing with my parents was like, whenever I grew up, they never fought or anything. So whenever they sat us down and told us they were splitting up, it was a true blindside because I had never seen my parents argue. I had no idea anything was going on. Like we were literally one day, everything was perfectly normal the next day it was not my whole world was shut like completely flipped on its head that's crazy so when your parents told you that like was it really fast afterwards because like you you all moved right so because i remember like your mom's place when they divorced my mom we so my mom stayed at the house that they owned together and my dad moved and got an apartment but then shortly after my mom that house was just way too big for only my mom and us to like without my dad it was just insanely big so we moved to a smaller home i would say within a couple months it was like now your dad has an apartment like i don't know when things were finalized because we were completely kept out of that thankfully my parents like it wasn't a nasty divorce like no one was trying to like take custody like they split everything like 50 50 like me and my sister weren't on some like weird schedule where my dad only saw us like one weekend of the month we didn't do that thank god because texas actually is really in favor of women which is fine but if my mom like if my mom wanted custody she really could have taken us and my dad would have only seen us one Saturday a month in like summer. So in that regard, things worked out really well. But yeah, it was very fast. So like when they told you, like, I imagine you asked why, like, what's going on? Why? Like, what did they say? It was never really like a specific reason. They just said, like, we're not like, it's just not working out. Yeah. And they also got married really young. My mom was probably like 21, 22. My dad was young. The other really shocking part was my parents were married for 25 years and then they got divorced. Um, But the thing is, they didn't have me for like eight or nine years. So that's why I was still 12 or 13 when it happened because they didn't have kids right away. Right. So it's a long time. She I think the main thing I remember is my mom and my dad were just like, we're just different people now than when we got married because we were 21, 23, whatever, and now we're like upper forties. We're not the same people anymore. That's so scary to think about, don't you think? Like we've been with our partners since like close to the same age. And like it's just one of those things, like with marriages, like you either grow together or you don't. 
Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that a scary thought? I don't, I'm not really scared about it. I just, I think once you are a product of divorce, you just kind of are at peace with it and you're just like, well, I it's mean, it's going to happen or it's not. If people say 50% of marriages end into divorce, it's like, okay, well. I think about that sometimes, like when we're like with all of our friends and like, you know, their partners are there. Like, I'm telling y'all, my mind's just. <laughs> 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 Sometimes I'll just like look around and I'm like, statistically, you know, in 10 years, 15, 20 years, this is going to look different. But you also have to think, is that statistic skewed based off of generations? Because like our parents technically got married. Well, technically the boomers got married older or no, it was younger and then it got later and now it's getting younger, technically. Kind of. I think our parents' generation is like one of the first generations where like divorce wasn't like extremely taboo and like was more accepted. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe that's true. I also know multiple couples that have gotten divorced and remarried. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so do I. That's strange too. (laughs) That's crazy. That would be like, what the fuck? (laughs) I don't know. I just truly don't know if our generation is going to have that 50-50 marriage is just so different now and that was also like the boomer generation they never really moved in together and they never lived together before they got married that was so taboo you lived at your parents house then you got like courted or engaged and then you moved in after you got married so a lot of that stuff like i would think you really know who you're gonna marry if you live with them before you get married right so it will be interesting to see like how the statistics will shake up but i don't know I don't know. I just think that sometimes, like, I obviously, like, nobody gets married thinking that they're going to get divorced. Mm -mm. But, like, some days I'm just like, what if something crazy happens, you know? And, like, life is so crazy. And, like I said, like, you either, like, grow together or you don't. And that's a hard thing because, like, you have to grow and, like, be your own person. But then, like, once you're married, like, you have a responsibility to your partner in this relationship. And it's like, how do I respect that? And, like, water this while also like take care of myself also the concept though of being married to one person for 75 years is like crazy okay loki i think we could do a whole episode on this because i am in a committed monogamous relationship but even still i think it is so wild that we stick theoretically stick with one person for our entire lives when there are seven billion people on this planet i just think it's the craziest concept in the world yeah if you think about it past like our society and how normal it is if you think about it you're like it's kind of odd it's wild it's just like societal standards and like what people expect and even Like, I feel like when you talk about stuff like that, people's minds would automatically go to sex. But I'm not even, like, talking about Mm -mm. that. It's just, like, you know, a lot of people, if you're in a relationship, like, some people aren't comfortable with their partner having, like, friends of the opposite sex, which is problematic. But (laughs) another episode. (laughs) But I'm just saying, like, there's just so many people in the world. And, like, I don't know. Like, we close ourselves off, I think, because of what society says is, like, right and wrong and normal. I just think it's wild. It is wild. How long were your grandparents married? I want to say like just shy of like 50 years. It's crazy. It's a long time. It's nuts. It's always crazy to me to see like elderly people's like photos of them at their wedding versus like now. And I'm like, I know. That's wild. There's so much life in between there. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. Preston and I have been together for five years. Literally on our Snapchat memories today was four years, four or five years ago. Today we were ice skating. We went on like a little ice skating date Mm -hmm. when he came and visited me in school and he showed it to me and he was like, I think it must have been four years ago because he was like, doesn't this seem like four lifetimes ago? I'm like, completely. We've literally created two lives in between this time span. Like we are completely different people. Our lives are completely different. Our relationship is completely different. And that was only four years ago. Mm -hmm. Think about, God willing, all this time that we have left. (laughs) It's kind of like daunting to think about. I guess daunting is kind of like a negative way to look at it. But like, it's just wild to think about like, there's so much life ahead of us, hopefully. 
Time is just a weird concept. I can't think about it too much because then I freak out. (laughs) Well, time is fake also. Just like those whole things, like eternity, the concept of eternity like really fucks me up in the brain, so I can't think about it. Um, But no, it it is just kind of, it is wild. Like the idea of like, I'm about to be engaged and then like married and it's like you're you're trapped for the rest of your life. (laughs) Like love you so much. You stuck. <laughs> it's like trapped has a negative connotation to it, but I think you get what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Love you, babe. <laughs> Anywho, Tom Brady ain't shit. Moral of the story. Anywho. The audacity of men. I feel like that's the theme of this episode. <laughs> Our male audience is going down from like 6% to like 0.01. Bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as Caroline said, keep an eye out for Book Club on Friday. It's actually going to happen this time. Like, for real, for real. For realsers, we recorded it. It should be good. Let us know your thoughts and opinions. I'll just say it here because we talked about it ends with us on the main pod. So I will say after this book club that comes out this week, the next book club will be the second book to that. It starts with us, which comes out on the 18th. So I'm super excited about it. So if you read that book, heard us talking about it, and like you're interested, keep an eye out in a few weeks because we're going to talk about this new book. That's that on that. So thank you guys for joining us on our 11th episode of My Quarter Life Crisis. Thank you so much. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend about My Quarter Life Crisis. All the fun stuff, rate, review, subscribe, all that jazz. Also, one more plug. Um, After the episodes have been coming out on like Wednesdays slash Thursdays, I've been putting like a comments box on my Instagram because like we have no way to like communicate with y'all listening. And like, I just really want to know the feedback. I want to know your thoughts. I like want to talk. I want to have discussions. So please talk to me on there. Like me, you know. Please be my friend. <laughs> Any ideas, topics, you know? I just want to know, like, what people are thinking. And, like, I want to have discussions, like, about, like, what we talk about. So just keep an eye out on that. So that's on my Instagram, at Addison Eteaki, E-T-E-A-K-I. And the show Instagram is at my quarter life crisis pod. My Instagram is caroline.clon, C-L-O-N. Until next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.